Good morning, church. Good to see uh, everyone in the house of God this morning. It's great to be in the house of God this morning. Um, just as mentioned yesterday, if you didn't know, this weekend is Pentecost weekend. So this is the weekend where, technically speaking, the Spirit gave birth to the church of God. And we are the legacy of that church. We are the legacy of what God did on Pentecost just 2,000 years ago. Amen, church? Are we excited? We're always excited for the things of God, right? Great. You know, I've, we have the privilege this morning to um, um, have Pastor Paul Ang speak to us and bring the Word of God. You know, this morning for the 8.30 service, Pastor Christina Ang brought a Word of God and it was powerful. She spoke about revival and claiming the promises of God because if God can come through for Hagar, God can come through for us. Amen? Amen? So I believe Pastor Paul is no stranger to us. I believe we have known him for quite a while. We, SIPKL, always have a good relationship with Pastor Paul and Pastor Christina, but just on the off chance that you're here for the first time or you don't know who they are, you know, uh, both of them, they're married, uh, they have a son, Asher, and they run an international prophetic ministry. So what they do is they go around nations, uh, they, lead, they lead people, they mentor leaders, and they go around bring the Word of God to churches all across the world. Um, and fun fact, their son, Asher, cut a very cool album, which I had the privilege of listening to this morning. Um, it, they're, they're talented. I believe they are from God and they are going to bring a word of God to us this morning. Amen? Are we okay? Can we give a very warm welcome, an SIBKL welcome and honor the man and women of God, Pastor Paul Ang. Thank you, Pastor Isaac Ling. Wow, you know, when I saw you this morning at, at close range, just felt the word potential, that you have such great potential that God has placed upon your life. Now, it's wonderful. Imagine 20 years from now, what will happen to your life and Kim and your children. I will rejoice with you. Today is a seed form, but 20 years from now, it's going to be harvest. Great things are going to happen in your life, in your ministry. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into your heart. The great things God has in store for you, and it shall see it with your eyes and taste it with your mouth. And I believe God's going to send you to places you've never been, eat food you've never been, be connected to people you've never dreamed of. So get ready. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. It's so good to be back again. Give Jesus a wonderful clap offering. I'm always reminded that whatever we have, whatever we are, comes from God. And let us give Him all the glory. Amen. Amen. Sit time. All right, come with me to the book of Genesis 8, verse 22. The Bible says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God has 
cause a principle, a law on planet Earth. He says as long as planet Earth exists, there is going to be sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, there's going to be seasons and time. Now our lives are run by season and time. And it's so important to understand the time and the season you live in and I live in. And the kingdom of God operates on seed time or seed, the parable of a seed. All right, today I'm going to take you to a farm and the context of today's message is God, the greatest farmer, and you are the seed that God plants. You are the seed that God plants. The seed here could represent your life, your ministry, your career, your calling, your uh, business, your son that is just born, or your grandson like Pastor Sam Kyung and Jin Ai enjoying their grandchildren. They were worried for their children. Now they are worried for grandchildren. Never finish, isn't it? So, everything in life starts with seed form. A song is written, not just like that. It starts with a seed thought, a seed word, a seed a lyric. I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm an I'm a author, which is... Unbelievable, but I am. My English is not so good. But when God spoke to me some 30 years ago to write books, He put a seat inside me. My, my sister used to correct my English. My English is not so good. But I've improved by the grace of God. But the seat that God spoke, that promise, that prophetic word, was in the seed form. And today, after many years, we received the harvest. By the grace of God, I've written 12 books. Thousands of copies are sold. All our books are out of stock. One book called Times and Season is translated in a Swedish language. Another three of our books are translated in Indonesian language and sold all over Indonesia. Unbelievable, but that's true. But it all starts with a seed. Alright, let's look at Mark chapter 4. Here is Jesus' parable. You notice that the Bible language is agriculture. The Bible language talks about the wind, the storms, the rain, the agriculture, the harvest, the sowing, the reaping. And it actually applies to our lives. Alright, look at Mark 4. Verse 26, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, underline the word seed, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now notice that Jesus says the kingdom of God operates on seed form. Everything living on planet Earth starts with seed form. You're born from a seed. A child is born from the seed. This is pisang tando. I just harvested. I'll tell you the story afterwards. So today is agriculture. Let's go to the farm. So remember God is a farmer. So when He calls you into the ministry, like SIB was planted some 30 years ago, 
I, I was there and I know Pastor Chew for more than 30 years since Sabbath days. And, and we used to, good friends, and we still are after more than 30 years. But I still remember when they started, it was handful and it grew to 100. And I was invited to speak and I gave a prophetic word, a seed form. I said, one day this church is going to grow, especially young people is going to take over the adults and etc, etc. You know, Pastor Lee Chu always reminded me of that prophecy. Did it come to pass? Yes. And now it's about 30 years. Hallelujah. And probably Isaac will take the church to the next 30 years. Oh, how wonderful if one million soul will be saved through this church one day. So don't estimate the seed. Everybody say the seed. Now what is so powerful about the seed? It looks nothing. It looks dead. You can put, show the picture of the seed. And it is lifeless, helpless. It's very unsafe, unknown. What would the future hold? By the way, this is the mango seed. What's amazing is, if you hold on to the mango seed or put it on the shelf, nothing happens. But something happened when you plant it in the soil. Now, something about farming, you must have the right soil, right condition, right climate, right place. I have a little garden. And I, I love gardening, I love farming. And some places, certain plants, certain trees thrive, others did not. For example, I tried to plant durian in my garden. I tried three times and it did not work. I spent some money, fertilizer, and did all kinds to help this durian, but it never made it. It's okay, I'm going to Balik Pulau next month to eat the durian. But what's so amazing is that patch, that hole that I dug for durian tree, now I planted a chiku tree. It's thriving, it's bearing fruit, so big the fruit, the, the breed is from Thailand. Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to be planted in the right place, in the right soil condition, with the right people, then you flourish. Maybe you never flourish in your former church, but when you came here, you start to flourish spiritually. Maybe your business is down, but God brought you somebody and planted a seed, and now you flourish. Say flourish. Say seed form. Everything starts from a seed. The seed is very vulnerable because it has no power to protect itself. So it's exposed to all kinds of uh, element, animals, and, and things like that. You do know our faith is also a seed. Jesus says you have a faith of a mustard seed. The smallest of the seed, but wow, the giant tree that's going to come forth. So never underestimate a business thought, a lyric of a song taught, a seed taught to do something for God's kingdom, or a vision or a dream that God gives you while you're a childhood, you're a young person. You dream of something that it looks so impossible. When I was young, I had this dream of going and experience the fall season, especially the fall. You know, the autumn where the leaf changes color and, and the lake and 
and the pine trees. And, and I, in fact, I used to cut out those calendars when I was a teenager. When I'm bored, I used to take it out and, re- and look at it to, just to refresh. I just love nature. I think, if I'm not wrong, my house in heaven will be facing the lake, the mountain, the garden, the beach, and durian trees. Okay, so anyhow, so one day, by the grace of God, I was in Canada. I was taking a drive from Seattle where I was preaching and I was invited to go to uh, Vancouver. And a couple from Canada came and picked me and they were driving. It was autumn time. And as I look out the window, that time I was still a bachelor, and I look out of the window, I saw this scenery of autumn leaves and exactly like the calendar that I used to keep, I cry because it was a dream that got planted many years ago. That day, I saw the fulfillment of that dream. Hallelujah. I want to prophesy to you this morning. God may have put a dream, a vision in your heart. Though the vision is for an appointed time, wait for it. Though the vision tarries, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how ridiculous or how silly or how not so spiritual the dream is. My wife had dreamed to go for a cruise. She has been cruising me and encouraging me and challenging me and scolding me. Not scolding me. Come, let's go for a cruise. I said, cruise, boring lah. Stay in the cruise. What do you eat and sleep in? Is it boring? <laughs> but last year we went for a Mediterranean cruise. Oh, it was heaven on earth. I really enjoyed it. So give Jesus a wonderful clap. No matter what your dream, your vision is, it all starts with a seed. Say seed. You see, one of the things is sometimes the enemy or people would let you think that the seed that was planted, nothing is happening. It looks dead. It looks dry. It looks dark. You're wondering, God, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening to the seed. But how many know something is happening? When God plants something in your life, when God speaks to you something, when God puts something in your heart, it always starts with the seed form. And for a season of time, you don't see anything, you don't feel anything, you feel it's dead, but it's there. Any pregnant woman here, before you're pregnant with a child, can I see your hand? I'm sure there's sometimes the baby is quiet, right? The baby is not kicking 24 hours. Sometimes it's very quiet for a couple of hours and wondering, is the baby still there? Have you? Well, it's still there, even though you cannot see. Now, will the farmer keep on digging the ground and check the seed, whether it grows or not? No, it's not. The farmer knows that when God plants the seed, when He plants the seed, there is power, there is potential, there is provision for the seed to break up and grow. Amen? And the early infant stage, where the seedling grows, is very vulnerable, very insecure, very uncertain. How many of you feel your life is uncertain? Your future is uncertain? The business you started is uncertain? The grandson that was just born is uncertain? We don't know what's the future. But this morning, God brought me here to tell you, as long as you're living, how many of you are still breathing? If you're still breathing, there is an assignment, there is going to be harvest, there's going to be blessing, and you're going to see wonderful things of God in your life. Amen! 
So first of all, I want to share with you five truths. Number one, the seed is planted, not buried. What does it mean? It means that it is not over. It's just the beginning. When it's buried, it's buried. Maybe your situation, circumstance tells you that, oh, the business you start, I think, is gone. No hope. Or the ministry, you're struggling. You started a church or God called you to travel or God did something and it's not happening. It's not happening doesn't mean the seed is buried. It means the seed is planted. Wait for the right time. The right season is going to grow. And while it is planted, God makes sure it is protected. Say protected. You see, Many people died the last three years of COVID. You're still alive because you got an assignment. Recently, we were speaking in a foreign country. And because we are public figure, I would not give all the exact details, but the principle from the story. I call up a man and I began to prophesy over him. And, and I know him just very briefly before the meeting. And I don't know where he comes from or what he is. And I began to prophesy and pray for him. And part of the prophecy was this, that, that he had a car accident that was so bad, God sent an angel to protect him. He could have died in the car accident. And many of the times when I pray for people and prophesy over people, I don't even know what I'm talking because my ministry is basically a postman. You know what's a postman? I don't have feelings. I just post the letter. Now, I don't know what he went through and what he is. So what happened was when we were leaving town, he drove us to the airport. He and his wife and my wife, they, they, they were on the way to airport. He said to me, I was seated in front with him, say, Pastor Paul, I want to tell you something. That when you prophesied over me that I had a car accident, I was amazed because nobody knew the car accident. He said, I was studying overseas. I was driving this car and a truck hit me from the side and the car was so badly smashed, out of recognition, out of wreck. And, and what is amazing, I don't even have a scratch. And I didn't share with my parents. I didn't share with my wife. Nobody in the world knew. How did you know? I said, I don't know. I'm just a postman. But what he didn't know is a seed was planted in this man's life that one day he's going to serve God. No devil, no situation could take off his life prematurely. And today he's serving God. He's financing the kingdom of God in an amazing way, a big-time businessman. And he also has a special gift of vision in the prophetic ministry. He sees vision and he prophesies. Amazing. You see, if you're alive today, notice that God will protect you because you got the assignment. You got a purpose to be alive. Amen? Now, Moses was born in the time where every male babies will be killed. Here was a seed God puts inside Moses that one day he's going to be a deliverer. But how could he escape Pharaoh's law to kill? So when he was growing up to certain months, the parents couldn't keep him anymore. Put him in the basket. Put him in the Nile River, full of crocodiles. Now, think for a moment. Did God protect Moses or he did not? 
Yes, He did. Why? Because there's a seed, there is a greatness, there is a produce, there's a harvest coming. And God will protect the seed just like the farmer will protect the seed. Now think for a moment, he landed in the palace, raised in the palace at the precise moment when Pharaoh's daughter came to bath, to take a bath at the river, an angel pinched Moses and he cried at the precise time. Touch woman, uh, a very soft one. And when they see baby cry or people cry, they'll give money, they'll help one uh, woman. Uh. Man, uh, another story. <laughs> so anyway, Moses was raised in the palace under Moses' nose, provided, saved, and the mother get paid. How many of you mother get paid for raising your children? How many mother get paid for, for buying milk powder? None, right? But you see, when God plants a seed in your life, whether it's a dream, a vision, a career, a business, a, a, a ministry, a church, or whatever. Now look, everything about your life is spiritual. Do you know making money is spiritual? Don't tell Pastor Chiu, but, but it's true. <laughs> Why? Because the gospel is free, the, but the delivery costs a lot of money. Amen? I'm preaching today, but God provides finance through some people. So praise God. So every part of your life is spiritual and every part has a purpose. Secondly, not only is protected, it is provided. I can tell you the next 10 hours, the provision of God. I've been a Christian for more than 42 years. I saw amazing Provision of God. Now, when I say provision, it's not necessarily money. Sometimes you need visa. You need an open door. You need a right connection to take you to the next level. I remember many years ago, I was invited to speak in Ghana, Africa. Long way. And I bought a ticket and was ready and all excited. A pastor friend of mine called Seki arranged some meeting for him, and he's a great man of God in Ghana. So just one day before my trip, I was told that I need a visa to go to Ghana. I said, no, I don't need visa. Malaysia is a commonwealth country. We are a superior country. We go to UK, we don't need visa. Why should we need visa to go to Ghana? No way. I was wrong. And I needed three working days to process the visa. So either I get the visa on time, I only have one working day left, or I burned the ticket, I couldn't fly. Anyhow, so what I did was I went to the Ghana embassy first thing in the morning the next day. And I, I was there before 8 o'clock. I still remember waiting there at the gate. When the gate opened, a small car drove in. So I still waited. And then a while later, a bigger car came, drove in. So I followed the bigger car. It's always good to follow big, not small. <laughs> so I followed the big car and this door opened and this African man came out of the car. So I ran to him and said, excuse me, sir. I'm flying tomorrow to Ghana and I, I, I didn't have my visa. Can you please help? He looked at me at the moment. He says, follow me. So I followed him and he took me to his big office, sat me down, offered me coffee, tea and biscuit. Now this guy is a 
total stranger. And he picked up the phone, he called this secretary, came, give me a form to sign. I just signed, passed the passport. And the next 45 minutes, he's chatting with me like a good friend. After some time, I got my passport with the visa. 50 minutes, 5-0, Lima Pulo minute. I left the embassy with my passport and the visa. You see, sometimes your need is not finance. Sometimes you just need the favor, the open door. Whatever God called you to do, whatever your assignment is, there is an open door, there is connection, there is provision, there is favor. Amen. I'm so tempted to sing. My, I always remember what my son said, Dad, don't sing. Leave the singing to mom. But you do the preaching. Siapakah aku ini Tuhan? Jadi biji matamu Dengan apakah ku balas Tuhan Selain puji dan sembahnya Amen? So what it means is you are the apple of God's eye. You have God's favour and God will provide for you. Amen. How many of you are parents here? Let me quickly tell you a couple of stories about raising children. You know, raising children is not easy. Alright? How many of you are parents wave your hand at me and you agree with me? I'm so glad I have only one. Really, really glad. Okay, because of our traveling, we have to homeschool our son. Now, you know in Malaysia, homeschooling is not very popular because you can't go to the local university unless you're very loaded and you're related to Najib and Rosma. You would not want to consider homeschooling because you've got to send them overseas. It's going to cost a lot of money, right? And we are traveling ministers living by faith. Anyhow, we had no choice. In fact, Pastor Chu discouraged us. Uh, he, said, he told us, uh, science lab, don't have uh, <laughs> So many things, you know Okay, Anyhow, we felt that was God's leading And we do homeschooling My wife and me make an agreement She will teach my son all the subjects Except mathematics So you know who is good in maths So I'm supposed to take mathematics Now I love to play with my son Badminton, chairs uh, Go around the block And, and you know, go to the it's wonderful. How many of you know to teach your own son and daughter is another story? To play with them is wonderful, but to teach them mathematics especially. But because of the agreement with my wife, I said, well, I have to fulfill my promise. Just before I was about to start my son's mathematics tuition, a young man called Michael Lim. I wonder you are here, Michael Lim, and I hope you listen to this message. Are you here? Just wave your hand me. Michael Lim just came back from Australia. He's a first-class honours in mathematics, a brilliant maths, and he started a tuition centre in Kuala Lumpur. He didn't know anything about my conversation with my wife, agreement, and giving my son maths tuition. He called out from the blue and said, Pastor Paul, uh, I would like to give your son Asher maths tuition free of charge. I said, hallelujah, be my guest. <laughs> say provision. And then at 17, you see my son is a miracle baby. He actually died in the womb of the mother at nine weeks. Pastor Chu was the gynae. In fact, I still remember at the clinic, 
we went the week before, he says the survival is 50-50. And then a week later, we went and he says only 40. Actually, actually the baby died. He was just trying to pacify us. And then he said, he wrote us a letter. He says, tomorrow I'm going for a church camp. And you just take this letter to see my brother in Pantai Hospital. He's also a gynae. He will do the rest for you. I bodo bodo. Sometimes it's good to be bodo bodo. I knew and yet I didn't know. You know, kind of denial. You wanted a child so badly. You know it's something serious. What Dr. Chiu actually wrote in the letter is for my wife to go to Pantai Hospital, see his brother who's a gynae, and do the cleaning out of the womb because the baby already died. I knew and I yet I didn't know. So I took the letter and took back home. I put the letter aside. I just pray. I prayed. And I saw my wife pregnant for eight, nine months, a big tummy. I said, wow, what an encouragement. And then God give me a verse, James 1 verse 17. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from God above. So I believe this child, this seed that God planted in the womb is a good and perfect. So, somehow, the following week when we see him, the heartbeat came back, the child, the baby became alive. Actually died in the womb and now come back alive. Hallelujah. So, we thought the battle over, right? No. The next six and nine months, after almost nine months, every other month, we go and see Dr. Chu. And on the ninth month, uh, just before the nine months, Pastor Chu said, hey, I've been monitoring the baby for the last three months. The baby head is not growing. The placenta is dead. Isn't that exciting? So come back to the drawing board. Come back to prayer. Say, God, the word says it's a good and perfect gift. And I told Asher, my son in the womb, I said, you are a good. I pointed, I lay hands on, on mom's tummy and I spoke to my child. Do you know? Do you understand your language? So I spoke to Asher. I said, you are a good and perfect gift. Guess what? When he was born, he was a normal, perfect baby. And the best part is, he looks like the father. <laughs> to prove that what God did was a miracle, at 17, he left for America to do his study. Four-year course, he finished in three years. He got a scholarship. He did law. Today, he's working for a law firm in America. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you that God has planted, God has protected, and God has provided. Say provided. Everything in life, Jehovah Jireh will provide if you believe. Let me tell you another story. All my stories are real, real life, real people, unless otherwise stated. How many of you are parents? Wave your hand at me. How many of you are grandparents? I think almost all of you. Now, you will identify. We parents worry, right? We preachers also. We tell people not to worry, but we also worry, right? We also go fearful when we go through uncertainty in life, right? Easy to preach, Pastor Isaac. Believe me, I've been preaching for 35 years. Full-time. 40 years, not so full-time. Anyway, I remembered when he was accepted by uh, uh, university in Dallas. Now, we have traveled around the world. Every time we go, which country we go, there's somebody pick us up, host us, bring us to the hotel or to the home. It's always provided. But this time, my son going to study in America, nobody to pick him up from Dallas. We do not have a place to stay. We don't know where is DBU. We don't drive. I don't drive and I don't drive overseas. 
An American dollar is very high, about 4.2. Now it's 4.5. When we sent Asia, it was 3.8. Is that wonderful? So invest in US dollars. Anyway, months pass by. I still don't have anybody to host us, pick us up. Now, it looks so simple. It's, oh, you got money? Yeah. Anyway, so the more I prayed, the more worried I am. Isn't that exciting? The more I prayed, the more fearful I am. And I still remember it was like about eight days before we leave. We still don't have anybody to pick up. We don't know where is DBU. We don't know how to go about. Isn't that exciting? And I was preaching in East Coast, a small church, East Coast. I was having lunch with the elder who is called Dr. Charayan. So I just said, Dr. Charayan, do you just happen to know somebody in... Dallas. Do you have somebody in Dallas? And I told him my need. He said, yeah, the former pastor of this church, he has migrated to Dallas. It's called Pastor Michael Yap. And Margaret, I said, yeah, I knew them. I spoke for them some 25 years ago. I said, could you give me their email? So he did, and I emailed them. I said, Pastor Michael, I'm coming. This is my situation. I need help. So he replied, said, sorry, Pastor Paul, we have moved. We are no longer in Dallas. Hallelujah. But do not worry. You haven't finished the story. Lah. Do not worry. There is an ex-Malaysian, the American now. This wonderful couple, the husband will take off for two days, pick you from the airport, host you, and take your son to register in the university. Now, I want you to know that this provision is very rare. This couple is a total stranger. Who would take two days off, host you for a few days, take your son to register in the university? Total stranger. Do you know since then we became good friends? This man called Jerome became the best of friend from my son, became a mentor and taught him a lot of things, took him hunting. Until today, we are good friends. Whenever we go to Dallas, we will stay with them. Say God's provision. And number four, every seed has potential. Say potential. I believe everybody born into this world is born with potential. When I say potential, it doesn't mean straight A's. Maybe it's straight F's. Maybe people like Bill Gates drop out from university. Sometimes the best thing happened to your life is drop out from university. Because a lot of graduates are jobless and earn 3,000 ringgit. A lot of dropouts earn 30000 <laughs> So, at the end of the day, it's not straight A's or first-class honours. Parents may encourage you. At the end of the day, it's cari makan. Say cari makan. But everyone on earth is born with potential. Let me stress a little bit. How many of your parents wave your hand at me? So, don't be too worried if your children cannot get straight A's like Dr. Chiu. There's only one Dr. Chiu, straight A's, right? During their time. Now, everybody, Tom Dick and Harry get straight A's. I wonder why. Anyway, so, come back to you. I have a mechanic friend in Rawang that I knew for almost 30 years. He is from three educated. He owns this shop, service car station. He had two workers. He earns definitely more than Krishna's Nephew. Krishna's nephew is straight A students, uh, became a doctor, working for General Hospital in Malaysia. And I think the mechanic from three earned much more. And he take off whenever he wants, he come whenever he wants, he goes lip out whenever he wants. But, but the nephew worked 12 hours 
and get 3,000. Ah, sorry, maybe four. Maybe now increase since uh, Anwar came, maybe five. But this guy is earning 10, 15,000 a month. So parents, Pastor Isaac, don't worry, Kim, don't worry. At the end of the day, it's cherry makan. And if you're the pastor here, it's all right. <laughs> say potential. Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody is born with potential. I will tell you three stories of three persons. My father, my earthly father, he had 10 children. Isn't that wonderful? 10 children. How many of you got 10 children? How many of you got more than five? None. Can you imagine? Ten children. Can you imagine times five? You got two, right? Your food times five, clothing times five, transport times five, education times five. I have one. I already pingsan. I don't know how my parents had ten children. I suppose they believe what God told Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply. And they're very consistent, you know, my parents. Every two years, a baby is born. Every two years. Now, I brought about my father, my earthly father, because he's only standard six education, primary six. Those days, they lack opportunity. But I want to tell you something about my father, that he's such a brilliant man. You have to be brilliant to have 10 children to start with. I mean strong, and then later brilliant. Brilliant to make money. Now, I help him in the market. My father works as a butcher, sells chiyok, sells pork in the market. This is the last place I want to be. And I noticed my father, he is fluent, he speaks Mandarin, he speaks Cantonese, he speaks Hokkien, my mother tongue, he speaks Hakka, he speaks Teochew. How many of you speak five languages? Wait, hold on. And one day I was helping in the market, an Indian man came to buy meat. And he spoke to him in perfect Tamil. I said, since when my father knows Tamil? <laughs> now, remember those days, they, use, they don't use kilogram, they use keti and tiles. How many of you remember? One keti is 16 tiles. Tell me how much is 37 times 5? Use calculator. My father will tell you straight. Now, I used to help him. He had five customers. He would cut the meat, few pieces. Each customer, he recognized, he remember, he know the amount, he know the price. And sometimes I get confused. I ask him and he knows. Wow, what a brilliant. If you use calculator, you lose. He used abascus. Such a brilliant man. If he was given a chance, he'll be an Oxford University first class honor students. But I still give him first class honors because he raised 10 children. He raised me. And, and send me all the way to university. Not too bad, I'm the youngest. Praise God. Say potential. Everybody is born with potential. Not necessarily straight A's. Hallelujah. Number two, a good friend of mine in another city in Malaysia, I call him John. John has been a great blessing to us in the ministry. And every time we're in town, he will pick us up from the airport. He will host us. He will take us for a meal. And he will take care of us. John has been a great friend. I want to tell you John's story. John failed primary six. Failed form three. Failed form five. Isn't that? What hope? Huh? I mean fail. <laughs> so he repeated form five, O-level, those days. So you know he's 60 and above. Those days was O-level, really tough one. Today, SPM, I think it's from 3 standard. Anyway, <laughs> O-level, O-level, British syllabus. He failed. So he repeated, 
And he just managed, her sister was in, in UK, so he come over to UK. And he studied A-level, hoping to go to university. Guess what? He got only two C's. Out of five subjects, he got only two C's. What can two C do? Do medicine? Do architecture? Do engineering? What can two C do? Anyhow, he got into a polytechnic. And he was taking an art subject. And the lecturer noticed that he could draw. He takes art subject because he cannot count. He wanted to be an accountant, but he cannot count. His maths is so poor, like my wife. I'm sorry, I mean, like, like somebody else. No, her maths is good. She passed, she passed her maths. Anyway, so the art teacher, the art lecturer says, uh, John, why don't you consider studying architecture? I say, what? Architecture? He never even heard. His English is so good. He doesn't even heard what is architecture. A-level student in UK doesn't know what is architecture. How many of you don't know what is architecture? Okay. So he's, he find out architecture is just, oh, drawing buildings, drawing houses. Oh, I can do that. Well, short story long. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher came into power and the polyclinic that he was studying increased the price fourfold. He couldn't afford. So he had to look for a cheaper university to go. Somebody told him, this best university offering architecture, very difficult to enter, but very cheap. What a paradox. Very difficult to enter, but very cheap. The fee is very cheap. So he applied. He went for interview. He got only two C. Huh? He wants to study in the best UK architecture university. The interviewer somehow, don't know, make a mistake or he had prophetic insight. <laughs> Gave him a place in university. The administrator almost fainted. How could this guy, 2C entered when 2A, 2Bs were rejected? People with better qualification were rejected. This guy got two C's. My dear friend, when God planted a seed, there is a grace. There is favor. There is open doors and connection that is beyond us. Well, to make the short story long, he entered into the architecture university school. Failed from five, repeat once. Failed from three, failed standard six. Got hope lah. He graduated as the best student, top students in architecture in the best university in UK. Today, he's a well-known architecture in the city. He's just doing a, a, the church 5,000. The church is coming. He's uh, building a 5,000 church. He's in charge of the architecture plan. And he's making millions. Where those straight A's in Form 5 still struggling to look for a job. Wrap it in, man. May I give you an alternative? It's not good to tell you the problem without the alternative. If your son is good in badminton, get in a full-time coach. Never mind he doesn't want to study. Just eat, sleep, badminton. Who knows? Another Lee Chong Wei in the making. Hallelujah. If he likes squash, give him a racket, give him a coach. Let her play squash like Nicole David. Let me ask you a question. Nobody has won Olympic gold in Malaysia, but there are thousands of graduates in Malaysia right now looking for a job. At least if you have Lee Chong, if you win Olympic gold every month, you've got 5,000 in your bank the rest of your life. I don't know about you. If I have another child, I may look for Lee Chong Wei or Nicole David. Now, please remember, I'm not knocking at education. You know, my son had two degrees. 
I have three degrees. My wife has three degrees, two degrees. So we all are degree. I'm not knocking, but what I'm trying to say is every person born in this world has potential. Another story. I call his name Ali. You have John, you have my father, now it's Ali. Ali comes from Bangladesh. About 20 years, he came to Malaysia while he was 20 years. Primary six education. He came to Malaysia out of need. Economic situation in Bangladesh is not good. So he came as a migrant worker in Malaysia. Worked for a contractor. So the contractor was a Chinese businessman who taught him about electricity, electrical appliance and other things. And one day I was away for ministry and I came back home. My house was striped by lightning. The whole electrical system was down. And I entered the day, the day was the day before, so the day when I entered, it was total blackout. Uh, I had a staff then, a couple who was working for us, and they brought in a Chinese electrician the day before I arrived. These so-called Chinese, you know Chinese, we are the most superior, smartest, greatest race on planet Earth. These Chinese electrician could not fix my problem, so he left. The next day when I walked in, my brother-in-law, Matthew, brought in this Bangladeshi, 21-year-old electrician. So when I walked in, he was doing and trying to fix up. And I waited. It was hot afternoon. It was dark. There was no fan, no aircon. So I waited, waited patiently. After some time, I couldn't wait anymore. I'm just thinking, this guy, how can say, you look at him like, Nothing good will come out of him, right? He's 21, he's from Bangladesh, India, not so bad. Bangladesh, some more. I thought I was never racial prejudice, but I was that day. So I really looked down on him, so I went straight to him and said, uh, Excuse me, you know how to do or not? In my mind, I'm thinking, Don't know, don't cheat my money. Afterwards, you go and ask for one leg, one arm. So he was very polite, say polite. He was very honorable and polite. He says, Tuan, he called me Tuan. You feel good, right? Somebody call you Tuan. You are a preacher and somebody call you Tuan, sir. He said, Tuan, this is a major problem. Give me a little bit of time. I'm thinking, what choice? Chinese could not, Bangladesh could not, tomorrow is Indian, Pakistan. So I, I had no choice. So I let him continue and he continued. Thum. He fixed up. Oh my God, he fixed up. Guess what? Money. He asked for so little money. I'm so embarrassed. I top it up. I'm a very generous person, just in case you don't know. I took his phone number. I didn't take the phone number of the Chinese electrician, but I took the phone number of the Bangladeshi 21-year-old electrician. Then I found out every time I've got a problem, he fixed up. Sometimes he did not even take money. And then I found he's also a plumber. I found he could do white ends. He could do everything under the roof. He is so gifted. His hand is so annoyed. The boss is paying more than 200 ringgit a day. Some graduate get less. Rub it in. 200 a day is about 6,000 a month. Anyway, to make the short story long, one day, I picked up the courage. We became good friends and I shared the gospel to him and he accepted the Lord. Today, he calls me Daddy. I'm his father. He has my house key when away. He'll look after all the maintenance and make sure everything is ordered. Give Jesus a wonderful clap. 
Do not underestimate the potential. And finally, hallelujah, say harvest. Say harvest. Return of investment. Let's read the last scripture, tell you the last story, and we go for lunch. Isn't that wonderful? Are you blessed today? How many of you feel God is speaking to you today? No matter what you go through, you have potential and you get the return of harvest. Therefore, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter. And say, wait patiently. Say, wait patiently. Now, I just harvested two days ago in my garden this pisang tando, this giant banana. Alright? This, this is small. I had another one before, much bigger than this. But it all started because I planted the seedling. I planted, I watered, God gave the increase. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. The increase, the produce, the harvest is supernatural. You can have all the investment you want, but if you do not have God bless you, there is no increase, it's not good. But I want you to know today, whatever God planted, you will receive the harvest, you receive the increase. 42 years ago, I was born again. 40 years ago, in the year 1982, alright, the worship team, you can come and get ready the song, just to tell them I'm finishing. Are you enjoying the stories? 40 years ago, I was a student in University of Malaya. I was studying economics. And God spoke to me to the book of Isaiah 55, 5, that I'll go to nations. Now, 1982, I was 21 years. If you are not so good in maths, you will know my age. I was 21 years in 1982, and God spoke to me that He's going to send me to the nations of the world. I'm thinking, God, what is this? All right? And one day, the plane flew by. I was a student. I saw the plane flew by. We were staying in section 12 quite near the Subang Airport. Those days, it was Subang Airport, before the KLIA. Don't know whose idea. Anyway, <laughs> God bless them. Anyway, the plane flew by. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. In the days ahead, you're going to travel much. Travel much? I'm a student. I only had 300 ringgit from my father every month for my food, my lodging, my fees, my school. <laughs> Fly around the world, go to nations. You know, it looks so impossible, but that was a prophetic promise of a seed that was planted. 40 years later, by the grace of God, God has sent me to 60 nations. <laughs> Say harvest. Last week, I just came back. I just came back from Indonesia a mega church, more than 30,000 people. I spoke five services over the weekend. More than 30,000 people. Give Jesus a wonderful God. I want to close by saying this. You know, what touched people's lives is not your achievement, your success, or your wealth. What touched people's lives at the end of the day is your fruit who you are. 
your mannerism, your speech, your heart. You know, this man, this pastor in Indonesia has at least 100 staff working for him. But he chose and his wife to take me all the way to the airport. I was very touched. I mean, he could send anybody, but he, he himself and his wife took me to the airport. Can you believe it? And he took my bag. He carried my bag. This is not a small man. He's pastoring. And he's 72 years old by Pastor Chu. Can you imagine? Pastor Chu picked you up from the airport, carry your bags, and lead you get a trolley. The wife went and looked for a trolley. Can, can you see that? I'm sure you can, right? They will do that for you, right? I was so ministered. And then, they waited for me. They didn't go. Most people were drop us by. They waited, make sure that I checked in well and everything. And guess what? I forgot my jacket. I left it in the car. I quickly called him. I said, sir, I left the jacket. He went and took and came and see me. I was so touched. I wasn't impressed with him pastoring a 30,000 church. I was impressed with his fruit and his life. Amen. May your harvest and your fruits will glorify Jesus and touch someone's life. Amen. And not make you proud, egoistic that your nose hit the ceiling. Let's stand. Say seed time and harvest. Before we sang, before we sing the song, I just want to give this opportunity. I wondered if there's someone here this afternoon. You do not know Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Maybe this could be the first time. Maybe you've been to church. Maybe you know the gospel. Somebody had told you about the good news. But this morning, I want to give you this golden opportunity to receive Jesus for the first time in your heart, in your life. I'm not going to preach to you. If that's you, just raise your hand quickly. Is there someone here? You want to receive Jesus for the first time. Alright, ushers, please help me. If there's someone, just point it out to me. If there's someone here this morning. Alright, quickly, is there somebody? I want to give you this opportunity. As long as you're alive, you have this one opportunity to believe in Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Is there somebody here? Alright, if not, praise God, all of us are born again children of God. Your life is in God's hand. Your destiny, your future, your harvest, it is God's hand. Into your hand, we commit it. Thank you, Jesus. The altar call is still open for you. If you have a need and you have a prayer, I invite you to come on forward. The leaders and the pastors will pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But what I want to invite you now is just have another one or two minutes. When you're standing where you are, I believe what Pastor Paul said over all of us is true. That all of us here are born with a potential. So what I want us to do now is I want you to take some time to be with God and say, God, what is my potential? What is something that you're calling me for? What is my potential in my life? And I believe God will see you through. And I believe God will give you a word. So I want to quietly pray. 
and I want to pray for you and then we will worship again. But as I pray for you, I want the Spirit of God to move in our lives this weekend. You know, this is no coincidence that this is Pentecost weekend, that the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God moves in this place. Thank you, Jesus. So if that's you in this place, you're standing. I want to pray for you as we continue to sing um, after the prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I just want to thank you, Father God, that all of us here, we are a seed planted by you. We are a seed planted by you, God. And our lives, whatever we're going through, our work lives, our family lives, our personal lives, they're just the soil, the fertilizer, the water, in order to see the seed of God grow in our lives. So that each and every one of us here, we can be like a tree. You know, the parable of the mustard seed says, when the seed is planted, it becomes like a tree where birds will perch, where fruits will grow, where people will find shade under the tree. So in the name of Jesus, I pray over every potential, every seed of potential in every single person here, Father God, that they will grow and nurture this potential that they have in their bodies and in their lives. They will steward the seed of the Word of God that God has planted in their lives. Lord Jesus, You have not given up on them, Father God. Some of us here, we may take long time to see the seed turn into a tree. But Father Lord Jesus, You will never give up on Your Son. You will never give up on Your daughter. And You will never give up on all of us here. So I thank You, Lord Jesus, that whatever stage they are in, Father God, they will always see their potential. They will always see their growth in You. We thank You, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we're all seeds. And one day, Father God, we will see the produce. We will see the harvest in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to maintain this attitude of worship because the altar call is still here that people are being ministered to. And I, I want to go down and pray for some of them in a minute. But I want to close this worship. So just raise your hands and let me do the benediction. Father Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father God, that you're here with us. Father Lord Jesus, may the shalom of God rest upon our lives and rest upon our homes. Father Lord Jesus, I pray, Father God, that you will always watch our going in and our going out. I thank you, Father God, that you will bless this church and your favor of God will go before them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.